place it comfortably. Tonight I'd like to talk about dilemmas. And I had a minor dilemma yesterday, which I'll come to. But um, to uh, talk about dilemmas within the context of Zen practice, to begin with, many of the, the koans in Zen practice, you know, the, the folklore of Zen, are about dilemmas. <clears throat> and they're, in, they're embodied in, in some koans, the simple things, which are really um, not an intellectual exercise, but they're all metaphors for the dilemmas that we, we face in life. But one, one of the simple ones is, um, well, not so simple to resolve, but um, there was a, a, a goose which grew up in a bottle when it was a baby, and it grew and grew and grew until it couldn't get out of the bottle again. So how do you get the goose out of the bottle without breaking the bottle? Right. It's not just a silly question, it's actually a, it's actually embodies uh, metaphorically where we are in our life. Um, <clears throat> another expression in Zen, which is part of the, um, the introductory um, commentary on the first koan which we use, which is mu, the koan, koan mu, mu is that it's like that when you take up the practice it's like having swallowed a red-hot iron ball you can neither swallow it neither can you spit it out so again that feeling of stuckness and that sense you've just got to keep sitting and sitting until you've resolved something and they're all metaphors for the dilemma that all of us find at least existentially in our life in some way where we want happiness and we want freedom, and yet we keep on grasping and clinging to the things that don't bring us freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the dilemma that we've self-created as human beings. One, one of the best stories in Zen which really embodies this, and <clears throat> many of you have probably heard it before, but it's a story about a man running away from um, some tigers in the forest. And he sees the, the tigers going, you know, creeping up towards him. So he runs and runs, you know, through the forest. And then he comes to this huge cliff, you know, like a sheer cliff. And um, he's got nowhere to go. And so he finds a, um, a vine that hangs over the, over the cliff face. And so he climbs down over the vine and holds on, you know, just out of the reach of the tiger's paw so they can't get him. And so he thinks he's safe, right? And then he looks down below, and there's two tigers down below as well, waiting for him down there. And so that creates more dilemma. And then he finds that there's two mice, a black, wise, a black mouse and a white mouse, and they're gnawing away at the vine that he's holding onto. So he's got no escape, something's going to happen. He then sees a strawberry beside him in the cranny of the, of the cliff and he picks the strawberry and he eats it. Just that strawberry, how delicious it tasted. And so there's a lot, lot to unpack in that story. Not just as a story but the metaphor for our life. We get caught in, get caught in dilemmas, sometimes they're circumstantial dilemmas like work-based things, relationship-based things. But even if it's not a specific circumstance from 
a Dharma point of view, we're all in this dilemma of wanting freedom and yet we cling to the things that, um, that uh, keep us stuck. Now to come to my minor dilemma yesterday, um, I came up here to read the electricity box which is down in the alley down here and um, I had to step up on a, on a table which was there to see it and I put my keys on, on a shelf, on a brick shelf on the, and as I got up I accidentally knocked the keys and the keys went behind this brick wall like a gap between two brick walls it's only about that wide and it fell all the way down and there's no way you could get your know, hand down to it or even see what was there at all so car keys, office keys, house keys, everything suddenly, like I was just doing, going about my everyday work and then just suddenly unexpectedly out of the blue, I'm just snookered right? <laughs> I can't do any, I can't get in the car to, to go anywhere my phone's up here in the office right? what do you do? Hmm? just out of the blue that happens so luckily I came up here and David who I worked with was here not seeing anyone so he let me in and then I phoned Diana and luckily she was at home and then I started to walk back down and then I started to think creatively about what I would need so I went into a shop and I thought well if I had got a magnet you know I could get it out um, and then I thought on the way home well I'll you know, I need a mirror and I need a torch and I need some wire, you know, so the brain's thinking about creative solutions. And I came back and David helped me on and off between sessions. And so, um, you know, started, I couldn't do it by myself with the mirror and the torch and, and look down there at the same time. And then David came out and then we angled the mirror and the torch you know, and we've, we eventually could see where it actually was. Then he had to go back. And then I had a bit of wire, and I tried to hook it with the wire, but the high wire was so flimsy you couldn't get to it. You know, and I couldn't see with the mirrors and do that at the same time. And so um, then I got a stronger wire, right? But you get the wire down there, and it wasn't manoeuvrable enough to get it out. So, and I tried um, magnets, only the magnets weren't strong enough, and I didn't even know where I was going. So it was an exercise in um, being in a dilemma, not just collapsing and not doing anything, but creatively trying to think a way out of it. So David and I eventually thought that magnets were the best option, and we was, he was going to drive me, going to see his friend down here in the computer shop, to see whether he had a magnet or otherwise we are going to go to Bunnings. He had a magnet and uh, we went back and we put the magnet on a string and we had the mirror and the, the light all set up and I could see it and, we, and I gradually dropped the magnet down. It only had one metal ring on it that it would cling onto and we gradually slowly got it up and we got the keys out which was a relief. And um, and uh, but it, it was it was an interesting little exercise in what happens when just a dilemma just happens out of the blue. Now, like anyone, I was kind of um, a bit stressed by it because there was a lot of implications, you know, that would follow on if I couldn't get it out. But it's also I recognised there wasn't any 
anger. And there wasn't really any resistance. It's like, okay, well, this is what's happening. Better think, try and try and find a way out of it. But there wasn't any kind of resistance to the fact. It's like, okay, we've just got to embrace that this is happening. And also, what's instructive in it? You tr- you try one thing over and over again. And if it's not working, you don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. You try to go to another solution. And if that doesn't work, you go to another one. But that's what often happens when people are in real-life dilemmas that are far more serious in this, is that we do the same thing over and over and over again to try and get out of it. And we just get more stuck in the dilemma. Use, like... Common um, psychological kind of strategies that people use. <clears throat> Say someone's in a relationship, and and they're a real people pleaser, and uh, and their partner dumps them, right? And so they go into the next relationship and they try to please even harder, right? And then that person dumps, and then they try harder and harder. Well, someone's behind in work. And they just work longer and longer hours and longer and longer hours and they get stressed and more stressed and they're not actually making headway. We keep repeating the same thing over and over again and we get more stuck in the bog of our dilemma. And <clears throat> their current study, uh, when you embrace it, uh, gives you, can often give you this experience of being stuck. You know, like you say, you've, you've, you've taken up the koan and and you can't find a response to it. The teacher won't approve it. I've been through it many times myself. Some some people have been stuck on the same koan for 10 years. You know? But something interesting happens in that process. And it's been talked about in Zen as the virtue of stuckness. And often when a Zen student is stuck on a koan, the Zen teacher will say, well, your practice here is to, is to cultivate or embrace the virtue of stuckness. And when you embrace the virtue of stuckness, you, you surrender to the dilemma. Instead of the natural automatic human response is to try and escape from the dilemma. Right? And then you get bogged down more in it. Um, and when you just let go and you drop into the dilemma and you relinquish trying to escape, paradoxically something transforms. Mm -hmm. You've become one with that circumstance and you're not stressing yourself struggling to get out. So one of two things happens. You either accept something you can't change or you put yourself in a frame of mind where you can think more creatively to actually find a way out of the dilemma. One of the one of the koans we have too, there's variations on this, but one of them is imagine um, that you were you were buried, you know, like underground, people thought you were dead, and you woke up in the coffin with all all it all covered in and you're actually alive. What would you do? What would you do? Mm-hmm. That's a koan. Mm-hmm without going into the point of the koan, it's about, it's about embracing the virtue of stuckness. You, you can't do anything about it. Um, so, koan study, while it might look like from the outside to be 
um, a kind of interesting intellectual exercise is far deeper than that. And it, and it really helps you develop life skills for dealing with your dilemmas in your life that come up. They can happen around relationships, they can happen around work, various things. But like I said in the beginning, the existential dilemma that we're all in is we all want this thing called happiness or freedom, you know, or peace. And yet all of us keep doing the same habitual things over and over again that keep us stuck where we are. So, dropping my keys down the back of the brickwork happened to be a very instructive day. <laughs>